Welcome to the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast, Been There, Done That. To get free mentoring services, as well as to see the wide variety of resources available for small businesses, visit our website at www.score.org or call 1-800-634-0245. And now, here's your host, Dennis Zink. Episode number 15, Public Relations. Fred Dunnier joins me today in our studio as co-host, SCORE mentor, and our audio engineer. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Dennis. Our guest today is Susan Hicks. Welcome to Been There, Done That. Thank you, Dennis. I'm glad to be here. Susan, if you would begin by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, I started Precise Communications in 2002 to offer public relations and writing and editing services to small businesses, nonprofit organizations, and authors. I belong to the Florida Public Relations Association, which offers ongoing training in PR uh, methodologies and up-to-date information on issues that are going on in the field. And I belong to the Advertising Federation of America. I know there's a lot of crossover between those fields, and it helps to be current in both. Great. Public relations is not that well understood. How would you define public relations? Public relations is communications with all the publics that will help your business to succeed. The goals are to build and maintain a positive public image and to create strong relationships with your customers, clients, prospects, employees, and the public in general. And how is uh, PR related to advertising? Well, they need to work together, and they actually are a part of each other. They claim each other. PR says marketing is a part of us, and marketing says PR is a part of them. But they are completely different things with completely different goals. Advertising is focused on promotion of products or services with an aim to encourage a target market to buy, whereas PR's aim is to give your target audience information about your company, your activities, and your products or services. And what would you say are some of the advantages and disadvantages of both advertising and public relations? Advertising is paid media. You have control, but you pay for that control. You can decide what the message is going to be, what it's going to look like, when it's going to appear. And so there's a great deal of benefit to that, but there also is the cost involved. And there also is a little bit less credibility than PR, which is called earned media, in which you have direction. You can turn over information and you can ask for some coverage of an event or news, but you have no control over it. Um, the media has complete control over how it's used once it leaves your hands. You're often, it's often viewed as more credible and maybe more widely viewed if somebody's thumbing through a magazine or a newspaper. Sometimes they pay more attention to the news and less attention to the advertising. There's a good example of the difference between the two. McDonald's does an awful lot of advertising, billboards, print, TV, everything. And a good example of their PR is their Ronald McDonald house. The message is we care about children and their families. Now, no amount of billboard advertising, TV advertising would ever get that message across like their actions and financial support of their Ronald McDonald house. 
Of course, you know, McDonald's is probably one of the largest advertisers uh, in the United States, if not the world. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our clients are small businesses. Mm -hmm. And how would you relate relate, uh, public relations to a small business as opposed to some company like McDonald's? Well, in a a small business, you're going to want to put out information about where your where your business is uh, improved or changed or grown, who your staff have been trained in, what they've been trained in, what they have accomplished. Um, it's more information, and the advertising is going to be local advertising probably for a small business, which would be TV or print in a local area. Oftentimes, uh, public relations is used to cover up or spin a problem that may have come up. Can you explain how good public relations can help avoid bad press? Well, to go back to McDonald's just for an example, they survived the crisis of the hot coffee on someone's lap and the lawsuit that came up primarily because they had great PR to begin with. It didn't do nearly as much damage as it would have without that PR background. But the thing is, for a problem to be addressed, the idea is to get your ducks in a row before the problem happens. Crisis communications is what that's called, and it's a part of public relations that needs to have a plan in place and your staff trained. Um, Who is going to speak to the press if there is a crisis that comes up? Who is authorized to speak to the press? And do they have some training and experience in it? There are good uh, crisis communications trainers who can offer not only advice, but also like role-playing experience in addressing what kind of sticky questions might come up from the media in the midst of a crisis. So there are a couple of very important things to keep in mind when you're facing a crisis, and one of which is never say no comment. If you are asked a question by a reporter that you can't address immediately, you know, make some sort of statement that you will get back to them with the answer to that and when do they need it by. The other thing is to always be honest. Honesty is the best policy. PR professionals have very strong ethical standards, and if you're not being honest, it's going to cost you in the long run. Uh, Just recently in the news, General Motors has had a real problem with recalls, and I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts about how the way that they've handled their public relations effort to put a positive spin on, or at least to uh, lessen the negativity of that issue. Well, first of all, they have a new front person. The woman who's answering all the questions was not there in the in the throes of the crisis developing, I don't think. And um, it's a new face, and she's trying to be honest, and she's trying to, to address things as well as she can. That's a great example where, you know, had those situation started to develop and a PR person been in on the discussions when they first came up, the advice would have been to address it immediately, handle it immediately, take care of it so that you don't wind up with this maelstrom later on of um, problems. It's not the crime, it's the cover-up. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mary Barr is... um was kind of thrust into that. She's the the, the new top person. Mm-hmm. And um, so you think she's doing a good job succeeding it? Is she succeeding at uh, lessening the effects, in your opinion? I think she's, she's doing the best that she can, and I think that they are really making a very public statement right now that they are going to dig deeper into every 
problem that has been reported and really try to find out what's going on and address the situation, which is what they should have done in the first place. And again, they're a very large company, kind of like McDonald's. Obviously, GM is one of the larger companies also in the, mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, um, so they have the uh, ability to have a person on staff, I would think, in terms of PR. They probably have a whole department. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, we're dealing a lot with the small business. And how would you compare that? Is it better for, you know, when can a small business or should a small business have a person on staff versus hiring on the outside, an you know, a freelancer or an outside agency? Does it depend on the size of their company and what is that cutoff in your opinion? Well, it definitely is influenced by the size of the company because the budget has has a play in it. Most larger organizations, as you said, have a PR person. Some of them try to crunch together the advertising and the PR person, but realizing that they're separate efforts, that doesn't always work as well as it should. A a small company can hire an outside agency or a freelancer to work with them. The problem is when you have nobody paying attention to PR. Sometimes small businesses are so busy running their business and growing their business that they don't stop to think about PR opportunities that are going by the wayside. And those can be taken advantage of with a freelancer hired to do a one-off press release when something happens that's newsworthy and that will get the name out in the public eye. Of course, the problem there is usually that it's that's in your crisis management mode is when they start thinking about having a public relations person. I think what you're suggesting is that you want a, a PR person involved early to get some positive things going long before any potential crisis might arrive. Exactly. I met with someone last week who has a client who has doing some marketing, doing some great work in the community, but has no PR going on. Nobody is being told about the wonderful things that they're doing, and he really wants them to start bringing in PR as a part of their marketing in a sense because it lets the public know the great things that they're doing. They're doing a lot of donations, and they're just letting that go. They have great staff that have done some wonderful things in the community that could be receiving, for example, an employee the month award that would get the word out about that. Susan, uh, you do a lot for our local chapter of SCORE, Mm -hmm. and you do a fantastic job, and everyone's really pleased you're welcome uh, with the job that you're doing. What kind of input would you say that you get from us that's positive, and what don't we give you enough of? Um, You provide an ongoing uh, list of events that can be promoted within the local uh, media for workshops and things like that. And the local chapter has done some good special events, the intellectual property workshop series, the awards that are given on on an annual basis. And you have brought in some great speakers from National Score in the last two that have garnered some interest from the local press and some coverage from the local press. This chapter, it's podcast series, and the um, the meetup series that you've started have given it a different light and a, and a more uh, modern um, approach to some of these things that have really helped arouse the interest of the media on what's going on in, our, in the local chapter. Um, press releases are usually the first thing that comes to mind when thinking about public relations. What can you tell us about writing a press release? Well, uh, a press release should be really well written. There's a format 
that can be followed. There's variations of formats that can be found online. But the first thing is to make sure that what you're wanting to put out there is newsworthy. Um, the last thing you want to do is to try to feed the media a bunch of things that they're not going to be able to use. Moves or expansions of your business are good things for a news release. Milestones. Have you just passed a 10th anniversary or a 5th anniversary? Is your sales incrementally larger to the extent that that's newsworthy? Who are your people and what are they doing? Do you have additions to staff? Do you have rewards or awards or certifications that they've received? And also, um, have they been promoted recently? So the, those kind of things can go out there. Partnerships, product line additions. You're a company that's installing windows and all of a sudden you've been chosen to install a whole new line of windows. That kind of thing can be put on a news release and events. Uh, there's a lot of op PR opportunities that can slip away if no one is paying attention and, and bringing them to your attention. Do you find, just from your experience, that you get better response from the newspapers, the magazines, radio, TV? Which media are most receptive to press releases, in your opinion, or does it matter on the subject? As far as press releases go, the... the uh, Definitely the strongest is the local uh, newspapers. The magazines, you have to have a couple of months out, and you have to have a story that has enough meat and substance that a reporter and a writer can get in there and really dig and get some, you know, substantial coverage. What are some of the things that should not be included in a press release? Well, simple sales information. If you're having a 10 or 25% off sale, that's not a news piece. And also, you don't want to write the whole article. You don't want to write the whole story. You want to give enough information that a newspaper could put out a small piece on it. But if a reporter sees it and is interested in it, they don't want the article already written. They want to be able to come in and do their own interviews and write their piece. If you do, if a company does want the whole article written, then it should be put in as a guest column or uh, asked to be put in as a freelance article. What do you think a company should do if it it's in the news, it, the release was successful, they did a little write-up on it? Should they copy that and send it out to people that may not have seen it, to their clients, to their employees? Uh, what's your suggestion on that? Definitely. That should be sent out to um, all of the people who have interest in your business. And it should be uh, linked to on your website. There should be something on your website that's putting the news up on a regular basis. If you're on social media, it should be put in onto your LinkedIn page. And if you have a Facebook page for your business, to put it in up there. Yeah, take advantage and link to that article because that gives more authenticity to anything you're going to say. Do you need permission from the publisher to copy the article that they were mentioned in? and send it out, or is it accepted because you are in it? If you credit where it came from, you can send it out. You have to say, you know, that's why every clipping that I do, I put the name of the publication and the date and the page. So if you're going to send it out, just give credit to the author and the source that you're getting it from. Besides writing a newsworthy press release, what else can you do to help gain the attention of the media? Well, hosting an event, the uh, the SCORE annual awards is one thing that definitely brought in some attention from the media. 
the uh, in that case, you you send the media news release that it's going to happen. You send them a media alert right before it's going to happen, and you send them an invitation that uh, says, "If you'd like me to help you arrange a, a photo op or an interview, let me know, and we will help help you set that up to, for it." Um, a couple other things is to select your targets. If you're sending out a press release, don't blanket. Don't don't uh, shotgun approach it. Even if you send it out through a chamber of commerce, and a lot of chambers do have an option to send out a press release, I believe there's a, a selection where you can say select all. Well, you don't want to select all because it may be a very regional publication and they may have absolutely no interest in what you have to say it down the line you may want to send them something and you don't want to have them already turned off to that kind of thing you can always pitch a good story if i have a really good story coming up and sometimes not even a news release i'll call a media person that i have and say listen this is going on i think it's something you might want to be paying attention to or i'll make that kind of a call before i send out a release and i've had some good results with that do you typically coordinate uh the photography effort or and when do you bring in uh, the the TV stations? Well, that TV is pretty hard to get. A lot of times they are very tight in their budgets, and they want visuals. So it has to be something where you've got something going on that they can bring in a camera crew, and their camera crews are very thin right these days. So that's a kind of a tough thing. A photographer, it depends on the event. A lot of times the, the media is going to want to bring in their own photographer, although it, I was at an event recently for an organization. We brought in a professional photographer to took, take a really good group shot of uh, a bunch of scholarship recipients, and that got great play in the paper, providing the headshot, providing the vid image is a good idea. That sounds like the best thing to do is start a fire in your office. Uh, it's been done Uh, besides the media who needs to be kept in mind um, for public relations efforts all the publics that will help your business to succeed Um, your target audiences you have to identify them who your prospects who are your current clients um, who are the uh, the the general public that need to know what, what you have to say And how would public relations apply to your own employees? Internal communications are really important. The more your employees feel like you are caring about them, they're going to do a better job of representing your company in all their actions and interactions with customers and clients. They create the products and services that you're selling, and they need to believe that you're a good company, that you care about your products and customer service, and that you care about them. For little cost, you can do a lot internally to develop the kind of climate you want that's going to be good for your outside uh, view as well. Awards and recognitions, which can be virtually free and not only help promote good feelings internally, but are also newsworthy for a little press release. Um, sharing company and employee news, if you have a bulletin board where they can put up so-and-so had a baby or so, so-and-so's son graduated from a college. That kind of helps build a camaraderie that's good for public relations. And perks, you can have gift cards or meals or whatever. Then it's big benefits. Um, for an example, my brother's company has been the small business persons of the year in Delaware two times. 
and they have grown their staff to about 40 people. They have two parties a year. One is totally for their own employees, and the other is for their employees, their clients, their prospects, and the local politicians. Another example is the NASA launch of the last shuttle where everybody from the top of the line down to the people who emptied the wastebaskets really cared about what was going on there. They all felt included and a part of the team. And one final example is Bob Tice, who's a SCORE mentor, brought up a, a company that he worked with, and he developed a quality analysis that looked at everything from the way the phone was answered to how the product was delivered and made everybody a partner in the operation. Um, what was it? MOPS. Um, make our partners succeed. Successful, yeah. Successful, right. Everybody succeeds, and then that just grows the business, and it grows the reputation of the business. Yeah, it's better to uh, to do that than mop up the floor with the mess. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, I was wondering, uh, as far as the Internet goes, um, sometimes I've come across where, I, I don't know, I forget if it's called glass ceiling or whatever, there's different sites that are very neg- – they discuss companies, but there's positive and negatives, and a lot of times it's – disgruntled employees that have left and write really negative things. How can you overcome that kind of public relations, that bad PR? Well, I think the only thing you can do is to put out as much as you can on the positive side. And there are sites that you can send people to to put good things up. Um, The other thing is to develop some public relations strategies that are going to gain more attention than the gripes from a few people. In fact, uh, I've seen a couple of TV shows recently, one to do with hotels and another dealing with restaurants, where the um, the business in question decided to try and fight with the social media uh, bloggers or the people who were, who were writing the messages, and that never works. Mm-hmm. You, you can't fight with them. You have to just try to resolve the problem because if you, if you do start getting into a fight, then everybody wants to join in. Mm-hmm. That brings up a really good point part of public relations that's often overlooked, which is called environmental scanning, which is trying to pay attention to what's going on in the outside world that relates to or is talking about your business. And that's where a PR person getting on once in a while and Googling and finding out what's going on and paying attention to the local media. The two things that happen is it does alert you if there's a problem going on that you can start to bring into your thinking process. And the other thing is it might instigate some ideas about how you can improve your own PR by looking at what other people are doing out there. How does social media fit into public relations? Elaborate on that if you would. LinkedIn, every professional should be on LinkedIn at this point in time. There's been some discussion. Do you think it's passe? Well, LinkedIn is not only a good thing for getting your your professional credentials out there online. It's also a good way to connect with other people. You can use it as a contact base. You've hear someone's name and you want to try to connect with them, you can find them on LinkedIn and send them a message through LinkedIn. Um, Facebook is really good. The thing with, uh, for, for certain businesses, you have to understand where your clientele and your prospects live. If your prospects are all professional people, they may not be doing that much on Facebook. But if you're a restaurant and you're trying to catch people's attention before they go out to lunch or before they go out to dinner, you definitely have to be on Facebook. The thing with Facebook you have to realize in any of that social media is it is social, first of all. 
So you can do it to inform people, but it's not a real marketing tool. It's, it's best to keep your marketing down to a minimum when you're using social media. And in general, how does public relations fit into a company's overall business operations? It should be a part of your overall management focus, and your PR person should be a part of your management team. Back to the GM, had the PR person been more involved in the management team at the point when those problems first started to be discovered, they would have shined the light on it and said, we need to address this right away. Um, internal at meetings, uh, external, if you, if you have an external PR person, you should have meetings with them occasionally and talk about your business and what's going on. And a lot, don't just call them when there's a news release that you see, but make it a relationship where they're helping you to find information that would be good material for PR. I know one of the things that we do is to bring you in on different meetings that we have if we think it's significant for you to know what we're going to be doing. And I think that's been a good thing. It has been. It's been a very good thing. If you could um, share a few stories, um, positives and negatives, of your experiences in public relations that, that you think our listeners would want to hear about. Well, the, the stories that I want to share with you are, the message from it is that you don't always have to catch a whale. There was one time when I sent out a, a news release on a client and a local business newspaper picked up on it and wrote a full-page article on it. It was great. But a lot of times it's the little fishes that keep things going, the little releases that keep your name in front of the public. It was a score client. I was working with it as an independent PR person, but it was called Laptop Butlers. And um, it's an invention that this silver entrepreneur made that um, has a clasped thing that fits onto your laptop computer and a cup holder so that if you're juggling your computer sitting at a stool or a on a train, which is how they were actually thought of in the first place, and an airplane, the cup would be stationary and not likely to spill on your keyboard. So he designed it, developed it, and is promoting it at this point in time. And a local business newspaper magazine, weekly ma newspaper, picked up on it um, and did a full-page article on it. And it was great. That doesn't always happen. And it doesn't always happen quickly. The thing is to keep putting the word out. I have another client that I've been talking to that same reporter about for two years. And I keep bringing him up and sending him news releases about him. And he interviewed him about a month ago, and there will be something coming out within the next couple of weeks. So the idea is to stay with it and don't expect immediate great results from one release. It's putting your public, making your public aware of yourself and your business time after time so that it becomes ingrained in them. Oh, yeah, I know someone who can do that, and I've heard good things about them. If you have strong feelings about a company's release and you think it really should be included, in your opinion, uh, would you call up the editor and do you do that and do you try to push it and has it helped in the past? Well, I, I've called them sometimes to do follow-up calls, and it does help. It's sometimes it may get lost in the, in the list of emails, but I don't usually, I'm not a pushy kind of person on that regard. I will offer them, is there something else we can give you that will make this more useful to you? Or if you're talking to a reporter, instead of always saying, what 
you want them to know about, to ask questions. What kind of things are you working on? What kind of specials? What kind of articles? Are there things that I can bring you? And, you know, that's a good thing to do is to just bring them what they need. It sounds like that it's very important to have empathy for the folks that you're dealing with to understand their deadlines and their their need to get subscribers or, or advertisers or whatever and to really put yourself in the editor's position in order to help them. Exactly, exactly. You need to know what they need to do to do their job. That's what your job is to feed them information that will help them do their job. And thank yous are always well appreciated. These are people and you've got to treat them as as people who are doing you a service and they are getting a benefit from it. Yes, but a thank you and a, a you know, a little personal note attached to your press release if you know that media person. I always do that a little high and you know, uh just a little note if you get a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan, are the, is there anything that we didn't talk about, perhaps uh, something that you feel strongly about that we didn't talk about in the in the course of this discussion that you'd want to uh, summarize here? To try to keep in mind whose attention you're trying to get. When you're trying to get the attention of the media, you want to pay attention to what it is that they need and what you can feed them and how best to get that information to them. But the ultimate goal, of course, is to get the attention of your customer or your prospect. And so what kind of information do they need and what's the best way to get to them? It may be something entirely different. If I can give an example from another big company, um, Universal Studios, when they were introducing the wizardry world of Harry Potter, I was at an FPRA conference and the woman came in and told us how they did that. They didn't put out a press release. They didn't do anything but call in a bunch of bloggers. That's a very blogging kind of audience. They brought him in at midnight. They did a reveal at midnight. The bloggers were online doing it live. And by the next morning, they were on Good Morning America. So it's an example of knowing your audience, knowing how you're going to reach them, and doing the best way to get the information to them that will help you in the long run. Well, Susan, thank you for being our guest today on Been There, Done That. How can our listeners reach you if they had any questions or want to get in touch with you, if you could leave your... Uh, name of your company, your email address, and your phone number would be great. The company is Precise Communications. The email address is susan at precisecom with two m's dot com. That's my website. And the phone number is 941-925-3602. And I thank you again for having me on the air. Hey, our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. You've been listening to the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast, Been There, Done That. The opinions of the hosts and guests are theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of SCORE. If you would like to hear more podcasts, get a free mentor, view a transcript of this podcast, or would like more information about the services we provide, you can call SCORE at 800-634-0245 or visit our website at www.score.org. Again, that's 800-634-0245 or visit the website at www.score.org.